And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Skull Stories, presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Mark Rosen with you, and thanks for spending part of your Thanksgiving Day with us. And we have a very special guest here today. I'm very excited to talk about, and his name is Brad Johnson, former quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. So let's listen into that conversation. A special Thanksgiving edition of Skull Stories, and I, I feel like I'm spending part of my Thanksgiving day with one of my best buddies from the Minnesota Vikings and all the time that I did Rosen Sports Sunday, a quarterback, Brad Johnson, who had two stints with Minnesota, but the big one was 1992 to 1998, and a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Brad, it's great to catch up with you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. I appreciate you having me on the show, and we have, we did spend a lot of time at the state fairs and on your show on <laughs> Sunday nights, and just just kind of everywhere throughout these years. And last year I saw you at the halftime, I mean, uh, the coin flip or the, uh, the Vikings-Bears game. So a great friendship and just uh, a lot of respect for you and, every, and how you've handled the, the whole uh, your career and just everyone made it always easy on, on all the athletes. That you've well, I, I, I appreciate I, it. You made it easy. You had a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think about uh, working with your mom, of course, in studio. And uh, she was <laughs> she was a hoot and a half, to say the least. <laughs> she, she has many tailgating friends all over the country. So she made lots of friends, and she's still doing it. So yeah, well, uh, you know, she, she, she keeps it fun. Well, you're one of the few quarterbacks that I actually did a show with, and now it's ironic that I'm doing another show on this very airways with K- on KFAN and through the Vikings Entertainment Network with a guy named Kirk Cousins, who I know you're rather familiar with as well. So let's just start with that topic. I mean, you've been watching Kirk uh, in particular this year with the Vikings, and get your thoughts about him personally, professionally, and, uh, and, and the kind of role that he's been on with this team as it heads into Seattle next Monday night. Yeah, the first time I saw Kirk was actually, uh, I mean, it's been – said many times but my brother-in-law was mark rick i mean he is right. mark rick he's the head coach of georgia and uh, i saw georgia play michigan state at the outback bowl in uh, tampa the game was like a triple overtime game i was like who's that quarterback on that team and it was kurt he obviously got drafted by the redskins he was the second quarterback because they had rg3 as the first pick and uh, so i just kind of kept up with his career and obviously it took him a couple years to kind of get in there and then when he did he took off with it in washington and uh you know, made them a contender at the playoff level. And then, then the big, you know, the, there was the big um, off-season free agency move with him coming there. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, all the expectations of him being there and all that kind of stuff. And, and so quarterback position, I've always said it's like it's, it's um, you know, six inches, pat on the back and pat on the face. I mean, slap on the face and pat on the back are just six inches apart. And that's kind of what you get with the quarterback position, obviously – a lot of errors were thrown his way, but the guy's a winner. And uh, obviously this year he's got, I think, 20, 21 touchdowns, three picks, throwing a 70% completion ratio. And if, you, if I was to tell you that, was, if we just close our eyes and I told you the stats, you'd think that's Drew Brees or Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. Well, that's Kirk Cousins. And the team's 8-3. and three. They lost three tough games with, I think, the Bears, the Packers, and uh, the Chiefs all on the road. So, I mean, he has you in contention. It's what you want as a fan. It's what you want as a team. And uh, so I, I'm excited to see how the thing finishes out for him. And many things that were said about you, I think, as a quarterback are being said about him as well. Like sometimes, well, he's not the most athletic guy, can't escape the rush, can't do that. They always have these things you can't do, and yet here you are. You want a Super Bowl ring and with some amazing yeah. uh, players around you, and, and maybe some of the same things you're saying about Kirk now. But uh, you find a way, right? I mean, there's there's so many other skill sets that yeah. you have to have to be a winner in this league. Yeah. Um, uh, leadership, intangibles. Uh, giving your team a chance to win, winning on fourth cl- fourth winning drives, clutch plays, 
plays that you don't even see, finding checkdowns, not turning the ball over crucial situations, winning a game, you know, four-minute drive, getting an extra first down. Um, it was great to see what, the, you know, last week, I think, who was it, uh, Denver. They're down mm-hmm. they're down mm-hmm. 20 points or whatever it was, and halftime, and, and all of a sudden here comes the fourth quarter comeback, the second-half comeback. And so that's a, it's a winning team, Kurt's a winning quarterback, and, you know, to get the ultimate success, you got to win it all in, in January. So you, uh, that's where yeah. you kind of get rewarded. But, but you know, you, everyone gets caught up into the fluff. Can you? How far can you throw it? How hard can you throw it? Mm-hmm. Can you make a crazy running play? I, I don't know if those – I sit there and watch Tom Brady, and he don't do any of that. <laughs> he just, yeah, no, he, he doesn't. winning plays. And so, but you got to win in January. A little birdie told me you were the last Viking quarterback to win a game in Seattle. Uh, they play there uh, Monday night, as we all know, and that, by reputation alone, is the loudest uh, stadium in the country. What are your recollections about playing in Seattle and winning against Seattle? Now you know a guy named Russell Wilson, who's a much different contrast uh, as a quarterback and what he's able to do, an MVP candidate as well. Yeah, that reputation being loud is true. I mean, <laughs> it is loud. I don't know how they designed that that building, but it is it's 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 live. You'll see, um, I mean, you'll see false starts. You'll see people pointing at each other, trying to hand signal things. It's tough, and you got to deal with it. I remember just being underneath the, the underneath the center at that time. It was uh, mm-hmm. Matt Burt, and I couldn't. I wasn't trying to yell the snap cadence to anybody else. I was just trying to get my cadence to Matt Burt, who was 18 inches away from you know from from my lips to his ears. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was deafening, but it, um, I mean, Seattle, they're nine and two. They're a great team. I mean, they just beat the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, Minnesota's up. It's a great, it's going to be a great contest Monday night. It can be done, but, um, I mean, you got, you know, I think you're on a five game stretch here. And, uh, so this is one of the games you can pull off, whether it's put your first place in the division or, you know, even a wild card berth however it comes out, but this is about as big as a game as, as it's going to get this year. Kirk has often talked about being you know, an overachiever and people you know, maybe not believing he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL and getting to where he's at right now as a highly compensated quarterback in the NFL, and I think the same things could be said about you. Uh, Ninth-round draft pick in 1992, you're the, I think the 227th overall pick. That's a long road yeah, to, from yeah. there to getting a Super Bowl <laughs> ring on your finger, my friend. Yeah, it is. It was, I was back up in college, and... Uh, but I, I, that's, I'm grateful to uh, Jack Burns, who, who, who actually recruited me in college, was a coordinator in Minnesota. Denny Green, who they, you know, they they drafted me, and uh, they kept one year. They actually kept four quarterbacks on the <laughs> roster to keep me on the roster. They knew I wasn't ready, but they knew I had uh, potential, knew I had talent, knew I was a late bloomer, um, and I was groomed. And that even even Kirk Cousins, uh, you think of all the. Just think about all the, the Super Bowl quarterbacks. They actually kind of sat at some point, probably in their early in their career. Um, it's happened to a lot, and they just groomed me. And uh, so for Kurt to see what he did, he was drafted late. I was drafted late. There's a lot of things you have to overcome. But my dad told me one thing. He says it's, it's better to be prepared and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. So mm-hmm. those times when I was a backup, I just I worked. I just did the work. And I understood. I, 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 Learned the learned the learned the system. I remember there were nights um, when I was my first two or three years of playing with the Vikings. I was a backup, and after the after the game was over, it's like twelve o'clock Central Time, and three o'clock game was over. I'd go back to the facility and I'd just start, you know, I'd do my running, or I'd go to 
Bally's Fitness, and I'd work out Sunday night after <laughs> games. And I just knew there was going to be a time when I'd be the, when I'd hopefully have a chance to be a starter. And then I went to the World League and played played in the World League, took a chance over there, and, and just you know you just got to do the work. And I felt like I did that and gave myself a chance. When when it did happen, I was ready and came through. Well, that, you certainly did, and I, I think to the 1998 season, the 15-1 season here, and surrounded by some amazing uh, Hall of Fame talent, and yet it was kind of an up-and-down frustrating season because you started the first two games of the year, if I recall, uh, through, in fact, the first touchdown pass to that Randy Moss ever caught in the NFL, and then you got a sprained right. ankle and other things happened. Randall Cunningham took over, so that was that had to be kind of a rocky road as well, as much as you enjoyed the ride that entire year with the Minnesota Vikings. Well, it, it actually started kind of in 97. At the end of the year, 97, I had the neck surgery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bay game. Right. Had to recover from that. Started the first two games of the season, broke my foot. And then after game eight or game nine, I came back. Raymond got hurt the second play of the game. I ended up playing the whole game. I broke my thumb in the, in the the early in the fourth quarter. I right. got another four or five weeks and then came back for the playoffs and that year was a magical year. I mean, it was, it was 4-0 in preseason. It was 15-1. Then it wins a playoff game. Then loses in the NFC Championship game. And and But blessing the skies from my neck injury in 97, I, my hand, I don't know if I could have thrown the whole season. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what Randall did that year being the MVP and the, the team's success was incredible to be a part of. And um, so I probably need blessing the skies, and I get, you know, I get traded to Washington and then the rest is history for me, but that team was awesome. The group of guys that were on that team, the guys that made Hall of Fame from that team, it was it was just that they probably didn't get rewarded, you know, obviously because of not winning the Super Bowl, but it was, it was an unbelievable experience well, to be a part of, even though I didn't play that much. Hey, great stuff with Brad Johnson. We'll rejoin his uh, conversation in a minute here, but first of all, a reminder to join Muss along with Everson Griffin for Vikings Country, Tuesday, December the 3rd, from 5.30 to 8.30 at McCoy's Copper Pint in Shakopee. This is presented by Miller Lite. You can win great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. So visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. Back with Brad Johnson after this. A reminder to join Paul Allen and Paul Charchian at Buffalo Wild Wings in Roseville on Friday from 9 to noon for Yes Friday Football Feast. The feast is presented by Coors Light. Check out the complete schedule at vikings.com and on the Paul Allen Show page at kfan.com. From Washington to uh, Tampa Bay and being reunited with former Vikings assistant coach, a guy named Tony Dungy. Uh, that, uh, tell us about just that relationship and the road to getting that ring with uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I, I spent two years in Washington, and I was a free agent. And then Tony, was, he was the head coach. and So Tony in Minnesota, he was obviously his defense coordinator there, and then he'd hold up scouting cards. And even though you always – I kind of was given two or three jobs by guys I actually played with. Was with Mike Tice coming back to Minnesota from Tampa or being with Jason Garrett in Dallas. And that was kind of what happens. Um, Tony got the head job in Tampa. We had a great connection in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He knew who I was as a person and quarterback. And then I got to play for Tony one year, and then you know they let him go. And he went to Indianapolis and uh, you know, obviously had a Hall of Fame career. And then – but John Gruden came in my second year in Tampa, and that's when we won right. the, uh, the right. Super Bowl. But the seeing what Tony did, the impact that he made on an organization in Tampa, which had been a losing, a losing uh, wrecking ball, is what it was. 
Right, <laughs> he right. Changed, he changed the culture, changed the community. He actually still has a home in Tampa. So I just everyone in the world has respect for Tony. So I was grateful for that. He made the, uh, the move to get me. And with all due respect to John Gruden, I, I think a lot of people felt he won that Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. And it's just, <laughs> it just happened. Timing was everything, and it worked out quite well for him. It did. It did. But it, it's kind of unfortunate, too, because he brought in 26 players, too. Jeez. And so, wow. I mean, that's what people don't realize. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like Jim Moore doesn't get the right. success of winning the Super Bowl in Indianapolis because he drafted Peyton Manning or Adrian James or Marvin Harrison or, I mean, you know, but. Tony got it done in Indianapolis, and, and John got it done in Tampa. They both are unbelievable coaches and great. You know, they, they both deserve everything that they get. What, Brad, was a little odd to come back to Minnesota. I know you came back in uh, 2005, and you, know, you started out, I think, with 7-2. and two. They had a six-game winning streak. A lot of things going on, and, and uh, you know, Moss had been traded. It was, it was kind of odd, but there, was it, did it feel pretty good, or was it feel kind of odd that you were back with the Vikings during that time? It was – I was I was kind of getting near the end of my career. I, was, I think I was 30 – I think I was 37, 30, I think I was 37 years old mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the time when I came back. I came back as a backup to Dante Culpepper, who was just coming off an MVP season. So, you know, I had we had my wife Nikki and I. We had two kids, Max and Jake. They're young. And at the end of my career, and I was like, Dude, I want to. I went in free agency. I went to. I went. I looked at uh, Seattle. I looked at Chicago. Looked at um, uh, Miami. And I was like, Where do I want to be? Where do I? You know, I knew the system. I knew Mike Tice. It was just an easy transition for me as a back, and I came in as a backup, which that's where I was at that time in my career. But I still wanted to play, and it was unfortunate when when Dante went down. He, he uh, had an ACL injury, and I came in, was able to play, and we ended up being nine and seven on the season. So it, it was a fun time for me to come back that year and play, and uh, kind of have some success at the same time. And but it was, uh, I just had so many friendships and so many great relationships with people not even on the team, but just throughout the whole community up there in Minnesota. And uh, so I, I, it was an easy transition. I loved it. Well, you mentioned your family. You had a couple of young kids at that time. One of them, uh, as you mentioned, Max, um, high school senior, um, going to LSU next year to play quarterback. I think yeah. is he playing in his championship game this, in this weekend? Yeah, we're in the quarterfinals now. I'm, uh, I'm helping. I'm the QB coach and the water boy is what my role is. So, uh, <laughs> But Max, he's, a, uh, he's six, five, two, about 215 or so. Oh my! Uh, he's a lefty, which is different. But I've uh, coached him all since you know second, third grade, all his youth teams, and coaching now and stuff. So it's just been it's been awesome to watch him grow up. As it's hard to believe that now he's finally graduating high school. Like holy smokes, you know he's he's you know <laughs> driving cars and getting ready to go off to college. And uh, but there you go. Heading to LSU, uh, be going be heading to LSU in January, and uh, so just really excited for him. Let's see if we can get this straight here. He's going to LSU. I think there's a guy named Thad Moss who plays at LSU, right? Uh, Randy Moss's son. <laughs> so um, just I close did, your eyes. Yeah, Imagine yeah. Brad Johnson to Randy Moss, first touchdown reception. Now it could be Max Johnson to <laughs> Thad Moss for a touchdown. I mean, this is surreal. It has to be surreal to think about that it possibility. Is. It is. I was actually down there um, six months ago or so, and um, so I got to meet him, meet Thad, and uh, – and you're looking in his eyes, I'm like, holy smokes, I've seen I know your dad really well. I can just see it in his face. You know what I mean? Just kind of, this is very surreal. So hopefully uh, Max gets that chance to, to throw to him. And uh, they're having a great year, undefeated, number one, number two in the country, whatever they are. But it's uh, it's pretty neat to see. And and, uh, and it's, it's pretty cool for me to sit there and say I threw Randy Moss's first touchdown pass. It was a change right, speed right bomb. And 
I couldn't throw it far enough. That's that's how fast it was. Well, I remember he tipped the ball up and tipped it to himself in the end zone. He right? Did. I mean, I remember that. I can he close did. my eyes and see the visual of, the, of that of that catch at the Metrodome. He did. He, Randy, he always said, I'm never running full speed. I'm never running full speed. I'm setting it up. You've mm-hmm. never heard of somebody like that. He says, when you throw it out there, wow. I'll go get it. And he could. He could go get it. Um, I think he's the best deep ball receiver ever to play in the NFL, and obviously he's a Hall of Famer, so it's it's fun to to watch his whole career. Yeah, you talk about uh, relationships that uh, that kind of you know pass the time, and and you came back and you know, for a couple of different. You've been back a number of times. Does it still feel like the Vikings are, even though you won a Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, that the, the Vikings feel like this is kind of like your team, and you still have that kind of allegiance to them? Yeah, I, I mean, I spent nine years playing for the Vikings, and. Um, Always, they always welcome me back when I've come back uh, in the building or on the, you know, just come visit for games. And, uh, you know, it just, there's so many, so many guys that you play with that have gone on, whether they made Hall of Fame or they went on to be head coaches mm-hmm. in the NFL or just the, the friendships that were made. Uh, and then, obviously, I, I just felt, um, I love living there, honestly. Love that we lived in Eden Prairie. And uh, it's just, it, I always consider a place, I always consider like a home for me. So thank, I was just thankful for that opportunity. And I love, you know, just love the people there and love, you know, always being, love, um, always being a Viking. You're, uh, I'm sure you pay a lot of attention to the NFL and everyone's raving about Lamar Jackson right now and how he's kind of reinventing the quarterback position. He's the, uh, is he, is he going to be that kind of a guy if he can stay healthy to kind of revolutionize the, the, the position? He looks phenomenal right now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's electric. It's electric. And uh, Michael Bick kind of had a spin like that. And then, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then obviously more, it's happening for him. Um, you know, I think, I think a team has to be willing to be patient with those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not traditional. It's not just pure drawback. It's not the old school uh, seven step play fake and, that kind of stuff. The game has changed. You see it in middle school, high school, college. People don't get underneath center anymore unless they're playing wing tee. It's shotgun. It's these RPOs. It's that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, if you're going to play a quarterback at the next level, you better understand protections and you better be able to make throws in the pocket. And uh, at the end of the day, Super Bowls, I think winning quarterbacks, are they win from the pocket, being able to make throws from the pocket, and then everything else is – extra but I think he definitely he's on a team that can do it and he's a quarterback that, that can win it all you spent a lot of time as you mentioned coaching a lot of youth uh, uh, programs and kids and, and you know we, we look at the the elite athletes uh, you know we mentioned Russell Wilson who played professional baseball and you know, I was quarterbacking at a high high level in Seattle Kyler Murray doing the same type of thing you were in the NCAA basketball tournament but I I, I guess the lesson that, that we're trying to achieve here is you're trying to stress to these kids to don't just concentrate on one sport. Is that is that the lesson you try to get yeah. across to these kids? Yeah, no doubt. I, basketball is my favorite sport. I scored 2,400 points in high school and was the player wow. of the year in North Carolina. And I went to Florida State and played two years of basketball at Florida State. We went to the NCAAs twice. I <laughs> loved it. Played basketball in the offseason. I was on the uh, – Charlie Ward and I were on the same summer league basketball team at Dade Street in Tallahassee. So, Man. I mean, it was just – you learned at, growing up at that time, you did play multiple sports. And what's happened now, everything has become, I need a trainer. Right. I need to, I need to be, I have to go to these certain, um, you're trying to make elite 11 or you're trying to make rivals camps. You're trying to do the recruiting circuit. And 
things have become more one specific, you know, the football and basketball coaches in high school, sometimes they don't work together as much as people think they do. How do the summer workouts? So will they let you just, will they let you do one or will they let you miss practice? I mean, sure. <laughs> it's unfortunate for a lot of these kids. And I think athletic directors at the high school level need to take up for a lot of these kids to be able to play multiple sports and miss practices or whatever it is in the summertime to work with each other. But right. I think the more things that you can do by playing, I think it makes you, if, you, if you're a football player and you play basketball, learning how to play, what are man and zone plays, out-of-bounds plays, uh, how to use your timeouts, how to, you know, <laughs> just being able to be, Think quick on your feet and be a multiple sport athlete. I think it makes you a better, uh, better athlete in whatever particular sport you want to uh, to go down uh, as your number one sport. So uh, I would tell kids to play as many sports you can through eighth grade, then hopefully you can play two sports in mm-hmm, high school. Mm-hmm. And if you're that elite star, then maybe just play that one. Uh, but I think it makes you a better, all-around better uh, person, better teammate, better leader, all those kind of things. So what's Thanksgiving Day like for the uh, the Johnson family in Athens, Georgia? The big family affair? Yeah, we all we tell everybody wear your stretchy pants. So <laughs> it's, it's, we will be we will be locked and loaded, and uh, we eat about one thirty tomorrow. Uh, we'll have about thirty thirty people here. Um, Coach Rick, he'll be here. Uh, uh-huh. His kids and all the grandparents, my parents. So it's a it's a it's a full day. We watch all football. We'll take a nap about three thirty or four o'clock and wake up in the second half to die. Start grazing again. I Looking get it. To it so. Brad, it, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I, I will recite my favorite line again, uh, maybe of all time, of all the guests I had on Rosen Sports Sunday when you took off and I think you were scrambling and trying to get away from the rush. And I asked you on the air, "What were you thinking?" And you looked at me and you go, "Run, Forrest, run!" <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> hey, that was the truth. It was the truth. So, <laughs> the works. great lines of all time. <laughs> Brad, it's nice catching up with you. My best to your family and uh, continued success. And we'll be watching for Max Johnson throwing touchdown pass at the Thad Moss down the road here. Have a great Thanksgiving, my friend. I appreciate you too, Mark. Thank you, buddy. And thank you for joining us for part of your Thanksgiving Day on this week's episode of Skull Stories. Skull Stories is presented by CenturyLink trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings.